What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Game Podcast. I am Matt Primo, joined by Chris Norman. Hello, everyone. Tip of the cap to you, sir. And to you as well. This is episode 84. Welcome, everybody. We actually just recorded our final episode of the Deep Dive series and to Final Fantasy X. Uh, so that episode, when you... when you, <laughs> I, I like doing my Back to the Future shit here. When you are able to listen to this episode, you will be able to listen to the first part of our deep dive series for that. So highly, highly recommend going to and checking that out. It's been some of my favorite content, if not the my most favorite thing that I've done on the podcast yet. And I have Chris to thank, thank for all that. So I appreciate it, sir. Oh, no, man. Thanks for letting me be a part of it. It was an absolute blast. It's a little blasty blast. Blasty blast. And I'm so sad that it's over. Y'all go check that out. And uh, this episode 84, we're going to be talking about a little bit of our playlist. But Xenoblade Chronicles 3 just came out. And y'all fucking know us, guys. We we got to talk about our early impressions of it. We have both played at greater than 10 hours. And you have, what, 12 hours into it? Yeah, I think we're essentially, story-wise, we're at the same stopping point. So, so yeah, we did not plan on that. It just, that's how it happened. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm I'm right at like 12 and a half, 13 hours or or something like that. So we're yeah, going to talk about potential spoilers. So if you uh if you are cautious about spoilers, then maybe this is not the episode for you. Maybe you should go play 13 hours of Xenoblade and then come back to this. Uh but we're going to be di- diving into a little bit of our playlist, uh but majority of the episode is going to be devoted to Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And uh, I was telling Chris before we hit the record button, I think this is going to be our prologue before the actual deep dive series into Xenoblade Chronicles 3, because eventually it will happen. Yeah, I think we all know it's going to happen at some point. (laughs) And I would not be upset by it. No, 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 no. Nor will I. But, dude, let's go ahead and do this, man. Let's go. This will be probably a little bit shorter of an episode. I always say that it ends up being like a longer episode, but... We're, we're shooting for a little bit shorter of an episode this week as we are only talking about Xenoblade. Uh, so have you been watching anything uh, as of late, sir? Just a couple things, man. Nothing really terribly new. I watched Prison School on Funimation by recommendation of Dylan, and that shit was hilarious. It was like, um, it's only 12 episodes. It's kind of like when High School DxD meets Full Dive. Like there's that, that like raunchy, crude, but high school setting humor but it's just kind of like full dive in that everything that could possibly happen to someone or a group of people that shitty happens and it's comical thoroughly enjoyed that prison uh, prison school yeah I, I think i've heard christian mention it in passing once or twice but i don't know if he's if he's ever talked about it in depth but it, it was it was funny i enjoyed it a lot uh and i'm watching the newest season of the expanse so always there for that gotcha uh i watched uh the black phone which we did a little watch along party with our discord i i streamed it through discord and a couple of us uh joined and watched it together uh really great time so if that's something that interests y'all we do that we're trying to do that like once a month we're doing like a little watch along through our discord uh patreon.com slash two game Support us at like the $5 tier and you can uh, join us for these little watch along parties. Uh, the movie costs 25 bucks. So you spend $5 to join. You just save 20 bucks. Just saying. Just saying. Yep. 
And you get the uh, entertainment of the group chat. Indeed. And all the exclusive podcasts and segments, such as the Wall of Death podcast, which is our album review podcast, and uh, Rants and Raves, which is uh, us just bitching about life, basically. Yep. And it's you don't realize how much you need it until you're like, oh, yeah, he's also having a shitty Tuesday. Okay, cool. I am not alone. <laughs> so I don't know if you listened to the uh, the newest Rants and Raves that came out yesterday. I have not yet. No, I have but not. I, I mentioned in the episode that I had recorded another one, but I decided to delete it. I didn't delete it, but I just decided not to post it. I ranted about condoms. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but it turned out to be like it was super like against women in, in the podcast. I was like, I don't know how this is going to go go very well, honestly. <laughs> We're pretty liberal with what we say, but. I guess there are limits. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, I listened, I listened to it again. I was like, ah, nah, nah. This is this is probably a little too far. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day. Maybe one day I'll I'll release it. But yeah. I mean it was it wasn't te- it wasn't terrible. It, it, I mean it was I was poking fun at everybody, like guys and girls at the same time. But yeah. you you want to send it to me for approval? You know, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Okay. <laughs> Mostly just because I'm curious. Oh, and guys, did we mention by joining Patreon, you also get to essentially produce the show while we're on that topic. Indeed. <laughs> we You vote on just about everything and come up with ideas. I mean, it was Ryan Sibley, who's one of our $20 tier supporters. He asked me to review uh, 31. I ended up reviewing that uh, a few weeks ago. So, I mean, join us and you get to create your own content, basically. Nice little segues. <laughs> Yeah, us and the segways, man. We're doing pretty good with this. <laughs> but I've also been watching uh, a little bit of SAO. I'm still trying to make my sh- my way. I'll, I'll watch like one or two episodes here or there, uh, but I'm still making my way through that. I watched the movie Hustle on uh, on Netflix with Adam Sandler, the little basketball movie. Uh-huh. Dude, I got to say, I, I enjoy his drama movies, his dramatic roles, more so than his comedies. Okay, interesting. I have been wanting to watch that. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really good movie. Really good movie. What you said this is episode eighty four? Yeah. All right. Out of eighty four episodes, how many episodes do you think you've said I've been watching SAO? <laughs> <laughs> like forty eight? No, it's more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making fun. You know my obsession with that show as well. It just cracks me up. If you've been watching a little bit of SAO, do you watch like ten minutes of an episode a week or do you just start it over every time you finish it? Uh, it's it's a little bit of both, <laughs> a little bit of both. You, you know, you remember when I started it over to rewatch uh, uh, Ordinal Scale? Uh huh. Yeah, I've been basically just rewatching it again since then. <laughs> okay, hey, fair enough. Oh so, yeah, I'll, I'll watch. I'll watch like 10, 15 minutes here, 10, 15 minutes there, but I'll watch a couple episodes a week, and I, I just when I finish it, I'll just start right back over. It, it's comfort food to me. No, I get it. Trust me, I get it completely. That's my fairy tale. Yeah, I just I, I'm trying, but I have not seen the uh, the newest season that came out, so I'm I'm preparing myself. Speaking of which, there at Easy E, uh, give me a status update on your on your fairy taleness. I haven't heard from you in a while. Kind of want to know how it's going. Eventually, I'll start. I'll restart that. Yeah, you will. Uh, so yeah, Sao Hustle. Uh, we just finished Stranger Things last night. Finished season four. My God, that was great. Oh yeah, did watch that one too. That was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah, the last episode was the best episode of the entire series by yep. far, one hundred percent. 
And then uh, Josh and I recorded uh, or reviewed The Man from Toronto, which is <coughs> on Netflix. So knocked out a couple of movies that came out uh, this year. I'm trying to keep up with the movies from 2022, so I don't have to fucking binge watch a whole bunch of shit the last two months. Yep. Uh, have you been listening to anything? Uh, just a normal array of podcasts. And, oh, I did actually listen to – I forgot to tell you about this, man. You would – God, you would love it. It's free on Audible, and it's free on Apple Podcasts, but it's like a 12-episode, like – it's an audio book, but it's more like listening to a story because it's got, fair, like, different voice actors for each character, and it has sound effects in it. But it's called Impact Winter, and it's about post-apocalyptic vampires. Ooh. And that shit is – Dope. My friend Mason recommended it to me. It's called Impact Winter. And it's like 12 episodes and the shortest one's like 18 minutes and the longest one's like 30 minutes. So, I mean, it's essentially uh, like listening I lengthwise. It's like listening to one season of an anime pretty much, but it is awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed that. So I'm just I'm trying to do some Googling because I'm I've been curious. When did the fuck does uh, progressive... Sword Art Online Progressive come out. Uh, apparently, there is a trailer for the sequel. Really? Sherzo of Deep Night is what the movie's called. Huh. I didn't know there was a trailer for it. Nope. I'm I will check that out as soon as we hang up. I'm still waiting to fucking see the first movie. Yeah, no shit. That movie was supposed to come out like last month. I totally forgot about it. But now I got to figure out where... Whatever. I'll look for it afterwards. <laughs> I don't want to spend the entire episode looking for this shit. Uh, listening for me, I've been kind of going through, I'll listen to like one band and then I'll go to another band and to another band. And I've been listening to a lot of shit. been listening to Silent Planet, uh, Periphery. I'm trying to get into them a little bit. Uh, Fit for a King. been listening to them. Uh, Phineas, because I had totally forgotten about their album that came out last year, which made my top 10 of last year fantastic album listen to that and then mastodon been listening to their uh their double album that came out last year as well hush and grim fucking fantastic uh so yeah i've just been going back and forth between a lot of different bands heard and, that and then also listen to to logic which was uh up for review for our wall of death podcast yeah yeah that yeah that's all i gotta say about that <laughs> oh shit I will I will hear that on the podcast, I guess. Yes, yes. It's, it's not a favorable review. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It's not as bad as Nickelback. And uh, definitely not as bad as Red Hot Chili Peppers. But it's somewhere in the middle there. Oh. Uh, all right. No problem. I'm, I'm going to listen to it before I uh, listen to the review. Because I want to know if I'm going to agree with you or make fun of you. One of the two. Oh, you're probably gonna make fun of me. You think so? Oh, let's just say I have reviewed two rap artists on the uh, podcast, Wild Death Podcast, and that is mm -hmm. Childish Gambino and Kendrick Lamar. I thoroughly enjoyed all those reviews. Did not enjoy this review. Okay, I will see. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I will see. So we just, like I said, we just finished up our deep dive series in Final Fantasy X. So I've been going through some Blitzball shit there. Been playing a little bit of Neon White here and there. Just kind of dived in, dive out. But since 
July 29th, I've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Have you been playing anything else other than that, sir? Uh, nope, nope. Like you said, just wrapped up Final Fantasy X. Uh, last five days have been nothing but Xeno 3. But in between the two, I did play this game called Haven that I told you about. Yes. Yeah, it's cool as shit, dude. So it's like a, it's probably the best indie game I've played in like two years, to be honest with you. It's strict story, but it's not like a telltale game. You play through it. But essentially, you're you're stranded, you're shipwrecked on an island. It's like a not an island, like a like an actual different planet that's busted up and segmented. So you have to hop from island to island to navigate your way around, and it's actually kind of like a dating sim. And I say that with a grain of salt because it's never something I've been into before. But this one was cool. Like there's combat involved. The dating sim aspect is real adult conversations. But it's not like crude and like rated R conversations. It's just like it's legitimately like everyday conversations that you would have with like your partner. I don't know. It was just interesting to me to see how you could evolve the story. But aesthetically, it looked phenomenal. It's got really cool, vibrant graphics. And if I had one complaint about it, I'd say the combat's too easy. But the story's so good that the combat's in the background anyway. So took about 12 to 13 hours to play through. Highly recommend it to anyone who thinks they might be interested in it. You had mentioned that it was a lot like uh, Asuna and Kirito relationship. The, yes, the relationship between um, the two characters is a lot like Asuna and Kirito. And it's like, you just fucking know what to say. It was like, you thought of it and you're like, yeah, he's going to play it now. <laughs> <laughs> like I am 100% when I'm done with Xenoblade Chronicles 3 if I ever finish it I I'm gonna play Haven because that was that was the thing that really drew me in was your little comparison there I know the hook yeah, I know how uh, to I know the hook but yeah I would definitely put it in your watch list because with it being an indie game it's gonna I think I paid $24.99 for it but it'll probably be like $14.99 in six, seven months if I had to guess. So I would watch list it if you want to get it eventually. Oh, it's in there, sir. There will be a time where it goes on sale. Oh, it's in there. Trust me. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I was like, yep, watch list. I think you'll like it a lot. So the, the one thing that I wanted to talk about this on this week's podcast was Xenoblade Chronicles 3 that came out, like I said, July 29th. Chris and I have been playing 12, 13 hours of this game. We're basically right at the exact same point. Did not plan on it, I promise you. Did not plan on that. It's just how it happened. Sure did. But I wanted to devote a, an entire episode into our early impressions of the game and whether or not you should be going to spend 60 bucks right now to go get this game. And let me just say. Oh, can, can, I, can I field this one? You can feel it, sir. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yes, you should. Episode over. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and this is the shortest episode of the uh, two-game podcast. Yes, yes. No, back to you. Back to you. That's my That's my initial thoughts. Uh, get the damn game so good, even at 12 hours in. And, you know, Carmen's probably in-game by now if she's sitting at 12 hours. That shit's so funny to me. <laughs> when she told me, I was, I was like, "You can do that. You can skip the cutscenes and just play the game. Is that allowed?" <laughs> Dude, my mouth dropped when I was listening. I was listening to the car. I was like, "What?" 
<laughs> but like, I was speechless. Why? Okay, and then I got to thinking. I was like, I bet that shit was hilarious. Just seeing all that out of context. But yeah, when I was about four hours into Zeno three, I was like, man, I bet she did this shit in like twenty two minutes. Because <laughs> that that first cutscene is like you don't really do anything for an hour. Yeah, like a solid. No less than forty minutes is you just you you walk like ten feet and cutscene ten feet cutscene, but yeah sorry back to you I was just gonna get, get initially let everyone know that yes you need to buy it, but yes like Chris said you should I mean you can still listen to this podcast on your way to the store and you should buy Xenoblade Chronicles three one hundred percent it is without a doubt thirteen hours in one hundred percent worth the money. Go buy it right now. If, if you have to pause the podcast to go buy it, I mean, I don't know why you can't listen to it in the car, but hey, I'm not here to judge. Pause it and then go buy the game. Hey, man. Not everybody has that Bluetooth shit, all right? Exactly. I, I, hey, I understand. I understand. <laughs> I had to go buy a Bluetooth setup for my truck. Heard that. Yeah, I still like have to, bucks. you know, I'm a peasant. I have to plug mine in with an iPhone cable. Ain't that some shit? I used to have to do that, but then the iPhone cable broken shit, so I couldn't do it anymore. It was fucking uh, back in the day of the iPods. You remember the fucking iPod, dude? Dude, I still have an iPod. <laughs> I don't even know where mine is. I randomly, boy, you remember last year I texted you the picture of it when I found it? I yeah. still listen to that bitch like once a week. <laughs> <laughs> fucking put all my music on there. What am I going to put on there this week? Dude, the thing is like, I bought it when I graduated high school and I, it hadn't been turned on in like four years. I plugged it up, charged it up like it never missed a day, dude. This shit's just not made like it used to be. No. No. Now like the, the shit dies in like a year. I sound like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> shit ain't what it was 20 years ago. Back in Nam. <laughs> yeah, back in Nam. <laughs> so let's do this mini deep dive into the first 12 hours of Xenoblade Chronicles 3. We, like I said, this is basically a prologue to a eventual deep dive series into Xenoblade Chronicles 3. It's it's not a matter of if we're going to do it, it's just a matter of when. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably going to happen. And just to kind of plug it in, guys, we have done a deep dive series into Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Highly, highly recommend. If you have not played 2, what do you think? You think people should play two before before three? I do. Um, you don't have to. I think the story is standalone enough that it's still going to be a good story. It's just like the transition from one to two. Um, but the difference in the transition from one to two and the transition from two to three is it's there are elements from one and elements from two in three. So you could play it outright as a brand new game and you'd still be fine. You'd still understand the story and eventually you could grasp the concept of the combat. But there are references that I've already caught from the first and second game, just in the first 12 hours of the third game. So I th you don't have to mind you, I'm not saying you should, or you won't get it or you'll just feel ignorant the whole time. You won't, but there's little Easter eggs and stuff, even, even in the dialogue that I've seen so far that alludes to the first two and shit in the background and characters that you see glimpses of and stuff. So I, I just think for a deeper knowledge base, I would recommend it. But again, you don't have to. 
so I think my, there's going to be a lot of explanation in game that probably won't make much sense if you haven't played either the first, the second, or both. But at this point where I'm at now, no, it's not a necessity. It's just I, I think it'll, I think you'll appreciate it more if you play, if not both of them, at least the second one first. So I have a unique take on this. You've you've played one and two, correct? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I already knew that, but I was saying it more for everybody else. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Me, I've only played Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and we did the Deep Dive series last year, right around, what, September is when we started? Almost a fucking year ago, dude. We did Ish. That. God damn. It feels like we just did that this year. Yeah, it does. It truly does. So, for someone that did not play one, and I played two uh, within the last year, and then now playing three, I think you should definitely play two first, at least. I kind of wish I had played one as well, just to kind of see it. But I heard the the combat was not nearly as good in one compared to two. Um, when we start talking about the game itself, when we get to the topic of the combat, ask me that question. I have a good explanation for that, but I don't want to delve into it until you're ready to. All right. So as someone that played two within the last year, I think seeing that huge jump from two to three in just the combat alone. I think like that's been one of the biggest surprises for me. I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking yeah. amazing. But at the same time, I could see why people, why if I recommended doing three first, I think it would make two a little bit easier in terms of the tutorials and whatnot. So I don't necessarily recommend going backwards and playing all these games. I, I still would recommend two and then go into three. Three is going to be a phenomenal experience for you just in these first 13 hours if you already have some kind of background into what this world is and all the, the characters. I'm not necessarily the characters, I guess, but like like what the game's about, you know? I, I think you'll have a better time in three if you've already had some kind of prior playthrough of one or two. Yeah, yeah, I think just a a basic grasp of the knowledge of kind of patterns and trends that the developers follow when they make these games will kind of make you understand, even though it's a new world, it'll make you understand the new world a little bit better, in my opinion. Because let me let me put it like this to you, sir. I was playing through Xenoblade 2, and I don't think I ever truly grasped that game in the, I don't know how many hours I put into it, I don't remember. In, in all the time that we spent on the Deep Down series, I wouldn't say that I just truly understood the game. Like, there was a lot that I left on the cutting room floor just because that that series overall got kind of exhausting the way we did it. But going into three, I feel like a veteran. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. oh yeah, I've seen this real world shit. Let's fucking go. I know what to fucking do here. Like, having that background has made a huge difference and how I have played three. And I'm going through all the the inner inner things, the, the small details and, and shit like that that has made the playthrough right now significantly better in terms of experience-wise. But also, I'm also playing it for myself and not necessarily taking notes and then going back and recapping the story and then trying to figure out when we're going to record versus when we're not going to record. So, ah, apples to oranges basically 
Uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, obviously, I could see why all of those other issues in doing the deep dive became a factor. And while you're thinking this way, trust me, I was I was there for it. I know it was a lot of work for you. But uh, yeah, no, I agree completely. It, it, even though it's the, the plot is technically unrelated, it's not fully unrelated. And like you said, just the knowledge base of how to learn how to play the game will make learning to play three much more enjoyable. So 100% agree. So this is a we're looking I've been told 150 hours to play through this game. Like the game is like four or five times bigger than Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which is fucking mind blowing to me. So that's yeah, just, I don't know how much bigger you could be, honestly, but about to that. I know. <laughs> uh but yeah. Let's dive into a little bit of the individual things. Uh, just across the board, guys, I got to say, this is just massive improvements across the board in terms of everything. Uh, and when we get to the story, I'll, I'll talk about the story just a little bit and, and the and the characters. So if you're not, if you're interested in playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and you're worried about spoilers, I would I would just cut out of this, guys. Just push pause. Go play the game. I mean, we recommend it. Definitely 100% recommend this game. Go check it out and then come back for this. Because uh, I wouldn't want any of this spoiled. Some of the moments that have happened so far, I was like, "Yes, this is fucking fantastic." And oh, so where you, I didn't know the ground rules. You're going to discuss some of the actual "oh fuck" moments. Do you think we should, or do you think we shouldn't? I mean, I'm giving a spoiler warning out just in case. Yeah, if if you're if you're issuing the warning out, then we can do that. You want to just save story for last. That way, we can talk about the improvements and stuff, and people can hear that, and then be like, "All right, it's time to talk about the plot." Yes. Yes. Okay. So. We'll, we'll give you fair warning before we jump into the actual story portions, but we are going to be talking about different mechanics. Uh, things to me, like I know I watched the the Nintendo Direct and whatnot, but going into this, I, I feel like I didn't know anything. And it has made the experience so much better not knowing anything. Like when they have a new tutorial or a new gimmick or mechanic added to the game, I'm like, oh, fuck, that's, that's pretty fucking awesome. It's like I knew well, it, and- but I didn't know it. Yeah, let's. I want. I actually. I have a point about that. While we're on that, the tutorial system in this game is everything that both of the first games wasn't. Like, it. Oh my god, it's so much better. And generally, flash screen tutorials, you're like, you see it and then you forget about it because it gives you ten other things. It doesn't. It gives you one thing at a time. And then ensures that you have two to three battles to practice that one thing to make it muscle memory before it eases you into the next one. They fixed that shit from the first and second game, and it has made the flow of this one so much better. Absolutely agree. I think that's the biggest improvement they have made is the tutorial system. Because if you go back to our deep dive series, I'm I'm going to keep plugging that shit. Just just know ahead of time. (laughs) Soundbite. (laughs) <laughs> I, I said in that series, I said, man, the tutorials just really suck because it, it feels yeah. like it's taking me forever to to kind of grasp everything that they're throwing at you. And they're not taking a whole lot of time to to explain it or or let you kind of uh what's what I'm looking for, kind of kind of use those practice. mechanics before they yeah, practice before you get thrown some other stuff. And like Chris said, I, I couldn't say it any 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 better. They they give you the stuff, the mechanics. And then you have a couple hours before you learn a new mechanic. Yeah. It's not thrown into you all at once. I mean, shit, the very first time you fight, you have no arts. (laughs) It's just auto battle. That's it. 
Show is. And then they add the arts. And then they add, uh, on top of that, the uh, the classes. And then they throw in the interleak system. I was surprised how far into the game that the interlink system comes in. Yeah, yeah, it was probably, what, nine hours? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're it's right. Kind of, it's kind of crazy how, how they have just steadily paced the game with with that tutorial system. And so I, I couldn't say any better, sir. I think the tutorial system and, is the biggest improvement for this game overall. Like, you never feel like you're having to relearn shit to learn new shit. That's the that's probably the a better way to put it. In in my personal experience at least. Like I feel like everything they've taught me, I've not only understood and grasped, but I find myself using it every time I battle. So when there's a new element introduced, it's it's not starting over and figuring out how to use it. It's I do the same sequence that I've been doing and then this one comes after that. It's just sequentially laid out much better. So one thing, maybe maybe you can explain it a little bit better. I feel like I don't truly grasp this one section of it. I will try. And those are the uh, shit. I forget what they're fucking called now. You know when you can hit the plus button and basically you go into the combo arts? The chain attacks. Yeah, the chain attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I necessarily 100% understand it. I, I know you choose whatever, whatever character you're on at the time is the one that starts the the chain. Mm-hmm. You pick people to get above a hundred percent of the top right. points, and that's how you do your damage. But if you end it on a on like a healer or something like that, you can't go above ninety nine. Correct. So for all right, so when you initiate it, it I've actually learned it's easier to initiate it with a healer because they won't be one of the ones that you can choose first. So if you initiate it, regardless, you're going to use your attackers first because you're going to need the most attack points with the first chain before you start stacking bonuses. And then when you can attack with your attackers, if it's still not over 100%, you pick a defender. And when it hits 100%, whoever you started it with will do their initial attack, but it'll reset the round. So it'll give you one at random that you use back, and you can keep starting over, but eventually you just want to go as far as you can go without using your healers, because whenever you get to use a healer, then you're right, it shuts you off at 99%, and the chain attack is over. So the furthest I've gotten it so far is four rounds, and I think it did like, it did like, 55,000 damage or something, which was, I mean, I thought was pretty good for where I was at because I mean, it's straight up over. I did it with the monster that I did it on was my level and he was at like half HP and that just wrecked him. I mean, I was in overkill by like round three. So, but essentially that's what you want to do. You just want to pick your heavy hitters first to build the bonus damage up. And then each round after that, you just want to pick whoever you can pick without using a healer. Now, eventually, you get to a point where you have to, so then you know it's going to be over. But even so, yeah, yeah, I think I think I got that now. But yeah, I've done uh, I've done three rounds. Did not finish the fourth mm-hmm. round. So, oh, so you were you were in the fourth round. You just didn't roll yeah. it to the fifth. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's same thing. That's that's what I was talking about. I got to the fourth round, and yeah, we we did probably did the same damn thing. Yeah. And remember in the last game, it would tell you, excellent, great, 
I keep mm-hmm. being cool. I'm like, oh, I'm struggling. <laughs> uh, that one was trash. <laughs> <laughs> like you're telling me it's trash without telling me it's trash. Backhanded compliment. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, let's talk about the combat for a second. I think the combat is, it feels significantly more fleshed out and more in depth in this game. Uh, I think, like, I can't we, believe we're saying that, but it's true. It is. And I don't know if that if that's because they're just slowly introducing it to you uh, better than the first game. And when I say the first game, I mean Simply Chronicles Two. If they're just the pacing is better with it and the tutorials, but to me, it just seems like with the combat and whatnot, you're able to. It feels like Dungeons and Dragons, like super anime mm-hmm. with with the combat. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Because you have now defined classes. Like in the first, in, in Zimbabwe Chronicles 2, dude, I didn't give a shit who is who has had aggro, who's my defender, who is the healer and whatnot. I, I didn't give a shit. And that's what I was kind of alluding to earlier is I didn't really dive too much into that game and really pick it apart the best I could. But this game, I'm doing that. Like I am combing over with fine detail of all right this dude is going to be my my healer for right now he's my tactician and then i have this defender who is going to take all my aggro and then i have this other class that is going to be dealing damage while also taking aggro off of the uh, the attacker who is basically going to be standing behind the the enemy the entire time and he's just going to be dealing out his hits and you're just trying to steal aggro from them so I feel like the combat just feels more more fleshed out in that in that aspect of where they they've actually kind of explained it to you in this game, and they want you to do that. Whereas in two, they're like, "Oh, they'll fucking figure it out." Yeah, it it was present, but it wasn't explained, or you you weren't forced to utilize it. I think you yeah, what you just said was pretty perfect because in this one, it's there's so many more variations of what you can do even at where we're at but it still seems so much simpler like it's it's complex but it's not difficult to learn exactly exactly and i i I love that little touch just a little touch of them putting like rings around the players and that's where you have to stay in to to get the Uh uh-huh whatnot yeah yeah that's cool and that's what I, that's what kind of what I mean by the little Dungeons and Dragons style stuff. Mm-hmm. That to me is has made the game a lot better in that aspect because I'm like, well, fuck, I gotta stay in the circle. <laughs> it's a circle. Well, yes, it's a circle. I think. What? Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say so. Every single game. And I played two first, and then I went back and played Definitive Edition, and now obviously I'm playing this one. But and by order of operations, you would play Definitive Edition 2 and then 3. But in each individual game, they stack the combat. They give you one element at a time. They move on to something else. Now, it's done much better in 3 than it was in the first two. Obviously, we've been discussing that for 10 minutes now, but it's still kind of the same concept in the first two games. But it almost seems like they take you as far as you went in the last game and then they start 75% to that point in the next game. So not only has the combat evolved from start game to end game in each individual games, it's like if you look back over the broad spectrum of all three of them, 
it's been one constant evolution and it's just gotten better ever since. Like they took out shit from one and Xenoblade two that people didn't really care for. That was overly confusing, even though it was still more complex and they replaced it with newer, cooler stuff. But the basic evolution of how the combat changed was the same. They did the same thing going from two to three. So it's, it's kind of refreshing to see a franchise that's actually learning from its mistakes. And instead of just, putting it back on the new game with a middle finger and a bow. They're actually taking what people are saying and feedback into account to give us a better experience, you know, experience. Amen to that, sir. I could not have said it any better. Preach hands. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and to kind of keep talking about the, the combat system a little bit, or just the gameplay in general. I think there's a lot of stuff there, like especially with the class system. There, I mean, you have a variety of choices. The game does such a great job because y'all, y'all know me. If you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, y'all know that I am all offense, no defense. I like to fucking get in there and get out. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to that. Yep. 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 And I'm I'm super aggressive in my play style like that. This game forces you to do those different classes. They force you to, to be the healer. They force you to be the defender and draw the aggro or the, uh, or the attacker because you have certain classes for, for the six members that you have on your team to start off with. And then once you have those all ranked up to level 10, then you have access to the next class. And the game makes you change it. And it does not take long. No, it does not take long, sir. (laughs) (laughs) It does not. Yeah, I mean, they make you swap it, and then every time you go back to try... Like, originally, when I had to swap back into... When they made you swap to the second class, I was like, ah, I don't know, man. Mio, I I really like as as the the aggro taker on this, and, you know, the... What's her class called? The Zephyr. That's what it's called. The Zephyr? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh... I was like, I really like her as a Zephyr and whatnot. So I was I swapped back into that class. And the game legitimately tells you, we don't recommend this. We recommend going to the next class. I'm like, oh, well, fuck. I guess I'll go to the next class then. So and it's an ominous warning. Like when you see it on the screen, you're like, oh, I'm going to need to level this up for later. Okay, fine. Fine game. You win. <laughs> it, yeah, and that's, that's, that's what my point is. It, it just it, it forces you, but it not forces you. Yeah, it just makes with- you know, like, you're going to fuck around and find out if you don't do it. So so what I noticed, I, I, you might be able to have a different opinion or something like that. When we swapped back into the second class, the second class that you get, I noticed, or let me rephrase that. When you get your first class all the way up to 10, I was just wrecking monsters. Like, it was not taking long for battles whatsoever. And then when you change into that second class and you're back down to, to rank one, Oh, yeah. That difficulty spiked up a little bit for me. I was like, fuck, this is a little more difficult than it was earlier. And then yeah, it did. Up, once it gets up to level 10 again, you're like, ah, yeah, I'm wrecking folks again. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a, There's definitely a statistical difference. It's kind of making me think that the best way to do it is not to max out a class and then move on to the next one. I'm thinking it probably is trying to tell us at this point to 
get a class to like level five, level six, and then try to get all your remaining classes caught up at that point before you start maxing all of them out. See, what I've done now is I've got two classes maxed out for each character and everybody's like halfway through their third. Yep. But you're right. Every time you pick a new one, I mean, even fighting just basic monsters that are around your level or even one or two below or one or two higher, it's just taking significantly longer to kill them. Now, it's not to the point that I'm dying a lot unless you go up against like a super boss or something like that. One of the timed ones, then it can get tricky. But yeah, I think it's at this point, I think they're trying to tell us to like divvy it out and spread out the progress a little more than I have been. And how about the fact that they added like different varieties of monsters? And I'm not talking like different species of monsters, mm-hmm. but like like you had the one that had the little stars around them that it's kind of reminiscent of like shiny Pokemon. Uh-huh. And those yep, are, yep, yep. what are those called? The the lucky ones? Uh, the, lucky the lucky ones that drop better items and stuff. Yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's so cool. And then you have that the blue cool. ones that are just like tougher versions of the original ones. And they give out better rewards. And then you have the uh, the challenge ones, which are the red ones. And those are the ones that are timed and whatnot. And I feel like, that it, to me, that is way more fleshed out than Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And it's all the better for it. Especially with the time monsters. I don't think I really... I fought like one or two. But I wouldn't say that I went out of my way to fight those, those elite monsters in Xenoblade 2. But this one, every time I see one, I have to fight it. Did you not in Xenoblade 2? Do what? Did you really not? I see, It seems like I found a ton of them in Xenoblade 2. Oh, no, I found a ton. I just didn't fight them. Oh, oh, you just didn't feel compelled to kill them all. I got you. Okay. Yeah, I, I felt like I felt like they were whooping my ass. <laughs> and okay. I, didn't, I didn't need that uh, that morale downer. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay. So, yeah, I feel like all the enemies and the variety in the, uh, I guess, class of those enemies, it feels feels more fleshed out. Every time I see a lucky one, I'm like, I go fucking kill that one. No telling what I'll get. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Oh, this fucking shit that I already got. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, the yeah. class system is really great, really adds a, a lot of depth to the game. And then there's also shit to do around the world, like... There's a little husk of people that have died, and you can do Final Fantasy X style and send them off to the far plane. That <laughs> is cool to me. Yep. I, I like and that. It, it's it's not anything extravagant or amazing, but it's a nice little touch to the game, you know? Yeah, I mean, you can just enjoy it for what it is and that it's a cool cinematic every time you do it, and you get to hear them play their little melodic flutes which is cool enough in itself, but it, you also get rewarded for it. I mean, it raises the affinity for whatever colony you're closest to by doing it. So the game actually takes into account the fact that the residents that live here would appreciate you doing that for their loved ones. You know, that's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, nice little touch. Mm-hmm. And then they have like little containers everywhere, everywhere that has like special items, even like no pond coins, gold or silver, and like other items in them. I'm like, every time I see one, I got fucking, how do I get up there? <laughs> yep. How do I find it? And the ether holes. The ether holes are cool too. Yeah, that's that's another one that came in what eight nine hours into the game. I was like, oh yeah, another thing that I have to look for. Okay. And th- then when you finally get introduced to them, there's like four of them in the next hour. So it's like they're like, here you go. Here's a new one. And then here's a lot of it. 
I don't even know what I need it for, but I'm stockpiling it, you know? <laughs> right. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, I was about to say one more thing. Oh, uh, the items, like the, the little things that you find around the world. I yes. like it so much better how I can just run across it and it gives me the item. Whereas in Xeno, in, in Xeno 2, you had to push A. They had to do a little cinematic of him pulling it out of the ground. And I, I feel like it's it's a lot better, less tedious, less time-consuming this time around. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. But also, I run into the issue of I have to get all the goodies. So <laughs> <laughs> I have to hoard. <laughs> uh, but let's move into the characters for a second, sir. Unless you want to have anything else you want to say about gameplay. No, no, no. I'm good. Uh, so character-wise, look, we're going to compare it to Xeno 2, or I am anyways. I think when the game starts off, I was like, ah, dude, I'm just not feeling it, honestly. I'm not feeling these characters. I don't know if it's the way that they they started the game. They basically throw all like half the characters at you at the start of the game. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know who these characters are. They're kind of just running through this shit. I feel like I was just dropped in the middle of a game, it felt like. Whereas Xeno 2, I mean, it introduced one character at a time. You got to know one before you got to know another one, you know? So the pacing for that one was a lot better. But this one, I, I, I didn't really like them at the very beginning. But now over the course of 13 hours, I'm like slowly getting attached to to all the characters because i mean you if you eventually gain the other three characters from the uh the other colony yeah i'm starting to get there i I don't know how i feel when the when the game is over but really loving the characters right now so yeah everything you just said pretty much it's everything the compilation of how you just summed all that up is very interesting to me because you're right they mirror reflected how they introduced everybody in this game versus two uh it, it is more of a slow burn There was actually, well, I guess that would technically be a spoiler for the first four hours of the game, so I guess I'll save that. But uh, the attachment levels are not as high where I'm at now as they were at this point in 2, but we do have all the characters, essentially, already. So, yeah, it is interesting. It's interesting how you got them one way this one time, but the attachment was faster. But this go-around, it's like they did the total polar opposite. I, I don't really know what the objective was there. But I guess I'll know by the end of it based on how attached I am at that point. So <laughs> exactly. And then just uh, before we get into the story, there's just some other things that uh, I feel like we should talk about uh, the graphics. Look, uh, someone in our discord asked us last night before we all went to bed. Hey, graphically, is it good? Uh, there's I hear there's a lot of bugs and frame rate issues. Personally, through 13 hours, I have had no issues. I've had no bugs, nothing that has closed my game out, nothing that has impeded me winning or losing a a fight, nothing that has distracted me from the game or taken me out of the environments or whatnot. I will say it looks really great on the Switch, especially like in long distances. I think some of the environments are a lot lot cleaner than you know to. It seems a lot more crisp. Yes, crisp. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Although, like some of the flying monsters, like in the air, off in the distance, now the ones that are like right next to you or right above you or anything like that, you don't have any issues. But there is like little frame rate drops with them. They look very blocky and whatnot and, and slow. I mean, just frame rate drops, period. 
but that doesn't really impede the the gameplay for me at all. I don't really give a shit, you know. Right, right. It, yeah, I had. Like, um, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. You're good. Keep going. I was gonna say it's if you've played Pokemon Arceus, it's just like that. How some of the flying creatures were very blocky, and how they were flapping their wings, and the frame rate drops with the the winged monsters. That's exactly how it is. It's not as bad as Arceus, but that's what I would compare it to. But it's comparable. I see. And then uh, there's a decent amount of pop in and pop out, which is really weird. You see, you see a lot of pop in, like especially in Pokemon games. It's weird that I keep bringing up Pokemon in this, and I'm not really ranting about them <laughs> yet. <laughs> yet, <laughs> especially in like Arceus, there was a lot of pop in. You you didn't really see the object until you got really close to it. There's some of that in this, but it's not really up close. It doesn't, like I said, doesn't impede the gameplay. You're still seeing the monsters from pretty far off, but there is some pop in. And then like the grass I've noticed will pop out where it's like, it's kind of weird. You don't really see pop out very much in games, but as you're running, like the grass underneath you will kind of like dissipate. Fade out. Yep. Fade out. And and so there's that. But like I said, none of it, none of it is worth hampering the game and or or skipping the game or anything like that what about you have you noticed any bugs uh yeah when i first first put it in i couldn't download the installation update because for some reason well i mean i was at work so i i didn't couldn't get my switch on the wi-fi because it's company wi-fi but my uh my phone wouldn't connect the um the hotspot to it at first so I played for about an hour, and then I had a couple loading screen issues, but finally I got my hotspot to connect when I installed the two-minute update. It's been perfect ever since. Like, I mean, it, that was probably just a release bug that they knew they had to fix, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't have any issues with that. So, like I said, if you're looking at, like, news articles, oh, there's a lot of bugs, uh, I have not had any issues. 13 hours, no issues. Mm-hmm. To me, it feels just as smooth as Xeno 2. And it's doing a lot more. It honestly feels smoother. Yeah. Yeah. I... And and for, for a game that's five years old now, Zeno 2 is pretty effing smooth. But this one is still an upgrade to me. And then the last couple things that I would like to talk about before we jump into the story. Uh, Quest, they seem much easier to sort through this time around to me. Uh, they give you recommended levels, and then you have like this collectopedia for items. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, right. And yeah, uh, it, that's really cool. It's such a minor little thing that I enjoy doing. And if you if you just run around picking shit up, it's free experience. I love that the, the, the even the random all the shit you find, like the flora, the items, the flowers, everything serves a purpose because somebody in that collectopedia wants it. So in the last game, at the end of the game, you just had. 58,000 things in your inventory with no purpose and you could do it in this game. You're right. You can either use the collectopedia to immediately sell it off for experience, or you can sell it at the shops for cash. So again, just one other minor thing that wasn't a huge complaint from two that they just made better. Couldn't say it any better, sir. And then uh, with this game, we've gotten to the point where 13 hours in, we can now make gems which are just like little added bonuses for your characters. And then you have the arts, the skills. You need to change out your your skills for your uh, 
or not, excuse me, those are the arts. You can interchange the uh, the arts and whatnot. And have you noticed that they're almost, I, I want to say that they're across the board with the class, not necessarily the character, when you change, yes. the, with, when you change out the arts? Yeah, which is awesome. Yes, it, it takes out so much of that tedious gameplay of trying to, oh my God, I got to yep. re-put all this shit in. It's 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 masterful, man. It really is. Like I cannot say enough how well they put that together with the class system and changing everybody. Like your your time in the menu screen is half of what it was in Xenoblade Two, but you're able to be so much more versatile in half the time. I mean, dude, it's just it's it's brilliant. You know, I, it's funny that you mentioned that. You spend less than half the time in in the menu, right? Mm-hmm. I'm. I don't know. I was going like 10, 11. Or no, it was before the gyms and shit like came up, came out. So, and th- before the gyms and before the interlink system, before because you have like a little interlink uh, skill tree that you can go through. Because I mean, you and I talked about it. We don't have that the affinity chart. I was like, I don't know, man. I I liked going through that, but also it, it felt kind of tedious at times to kind of level your people up. And yep. I was like, it's kind of weird that they don't have like a little skill tree for this. And then it was like an hour later, the skill tree. The, next, the oh. next thing that was introduced. <laughs> Just fucking hold your horses, Matthew. I couldn't but, tell you to hold your horses. I agreed at the time. Then I was like, oh, he, I bet he was aggravated when he got here. Yes. I was like, well, fuck me, man. But yeah, you spend less than half the time. But up to that point, before you get the, the gems and the interlink shit, I was, I was, I was like, wow, I'm not spending any time in this menu. I feel like, am I missing something? Like, I felt dirty, honestly, because I spent so much time in the menu system in, in 2 that now in 3, I'm just like, I'm, I'm able to play the game more than having mm-hmm. to deal with all the shit within the menus, which, like you said, is just masterful. It is. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. All right, so we're going to be talking about the story, any story moments in Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So if you have not played the game and you don't want to hear anything about the first 13 hours of the game, then you do not want to listen to this. Just know 10 out of 10 recommend this game. The way it's going yep. now, I, I would be surprised if this does not kick out Xenoblade Chronicles 2 out of my top 10 of all time. Yeah, and everybody obviously knows my opinion on 2. Um, and I, I was telling that yesterday when we were just kind of hitting the, the beats of where we're at at this point and if something would have to drastically change or slow the story down for this not to be better by the end of it because it's it's already on the way i feel dirty saying that <laughs> and i i feel like mithra is gonna kill me in my sleep a little bit but it's just that damn good already you know I, it's hard to say two is is better when three is doing everything better three is doing everything that two did right but it also fixing everything that two did wrong yes yeah yeah you took the words right out of my mouth sorry no i mean it still gets under no that's fine so like i said guys no uh spoilers from here on forward so just go ahead and buy the game and uh come back later if you want to hear anything about this so story-wise, Sarah, what do, you, what do you think about the story right now? Is it better than two? Right on par with two? 
No, no, I can't give it the edge of two yet, but again, I'm 12 hours in and it's 150 hours long. The pacing is much better to me. Um, what I was going to say earlier was I was kind of stalled on the character introductions because you play with half the party for four hours and then you go from half the party to all the party. Whereas in two, you went from three to four to five to six with subs in and out, and it was kind of a stagnant build. But in this one, it's literally, here's half your people, here's the other half your people. But how they did it that way was a necessity for the plot, so I'm not mad at it. And getting everybody involved sooner just opened the door up for class exchange. So, again, I was leery about it at first, but when I realized why they did it that way and how they had to do it that way, no complaints. I think it's fine. I 100% agree with you, sir. Like, we cannot agree on this game anymore. <laughs> like, I, I don't think you have a complaint that I don't have a complaint about, or which I don't, I don't really have any complaints about the game so far. But like, everything that you love, I'm like, yeah, fuck that. that that's amazing. 10 minutes from now, we're going to find that one thing and then be like, no, fuck you. <laughs> they fucking brought on this. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, I, I say that jokingly because I love Blitzball. <laughs> Ooh, spoilers! Spoilers! Oh yeah, spoilers! I got that, <laughs> that out. You know, don't just see if anybody catches it. <laughs> right? Wait, oh, what? That's what he fucking meant. <laughs> so yeah, I'm kind of on the same page with you. I, I think the story at first, it felt like I said, it, it feels like I was dropped in the middle of everything, and I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Like they were doing flashbacks, and I'm like, I don't really. I don't know these characters. Why are you flashing back? Why are you flashing back so soon? Right. But I, I will say, story-wise, I'm definitely higher on it 13 hours in compared to when I originally started. I think the story is really amping up. I think the overall plot itself of... Because, I mean, the overall plot of Xeno 2 is basically they need to go to Elysium uh, and go to the World Tree. That is basically... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. The plot is... A Definite upgrade. In terms, like, yeah, in terms of plot for this one, it just seems a little bit more mature. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had Rex, who is this young kid, right? These are, I mean, they're all technically ten years old, but whatever. <laughs> ten years old uh, in their in their maturity and in their personalities and whatnot. But I think that. I'm trying to think how, how I want to word this. I, I think the overall plot for this is definitely better. It seems more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree completely. In what they're trying to do. And it, in two, I mean, within the first couple of hours, you know where you're going to end up at the end of the game, right? In three, I have no fucking clue where the stories go. I, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I do like that a lot. It, there's. There's not as much foreshadowing, but in seeing how this one has progressed so far, two had too much foreshadowing. Yeah, right? In, re in retrospect. Like, I was still stunned by a few things throughout the course of the process, but I'm with you. I love the fact that I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen or where it's going to happen at. Yeah, like, when we're doing the deep dive series for, for two, I, I every episode I ended it with... Yeah, when are we going to fucking find out about this? When are we going to find out about that? 
uh, you know, and I would always make these predictions and shit like that. I can't predict shit <laughs> for this game right now. Mm-mm. And I, I, I love that. I love being in the dark about it and knowing where it's going to go. But we also alluded to that in the, uh, the deep dive series where you said, yeah, we know where it's going to end up, but it's the, it's the journey to get there. You know, little it's the lesson. journey. It's a, a little life lesson for y'all. But this one is just being completely in the dark. It's just I never know what the next cutscene is going to be. And that's just to me that it, both ways are, are great about the way they went about the storytelling. But I'm really liking being in complete dark about this. 100% agreement. So the two let's fucking go moments, sir, that I really want to discuss. Yep. Let's talk about the second one. When he pulls out his fucking sword, they've been kind of quote unquote foreshadowing it. They've they've been teasing it for for at least an hour or two about him having this unbreakable sword that breaks through any or cuts through anything. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't look anything like his sword. Why the fuck are they? Why is he? Why does he have the sword and not using it? <laughs> like this entire game, you're not using your best sword. What the fuck? <laughs> and then the flame clock comes into play, and he's like, jumps into the air pulls out the sword within the sword and I'm just like that is so fucking cool what the fuck yeah oh that that whole sequence was oh my god see you had told me like hey I'm like an hour ahead of you there's one more oh there's another oh fuck moment and that's where I'm probably gonna cut it and as soon as that this scene started I was like oh this must be it yep here it comes and then it came and oh my god ah <laughs> uh, what else can you really say about it, man, without walking everybody through the scene? It was just right. effing amazing. Right? And it's just, yeah, I, I love the 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 score, which we haven't talked about the score yet. Score is, I think, way better than two. And two is really good. Ooh, I'm not ready to say way better yet. It it If I get 150 hours and it's variations of music, yeah, it's going to be better. But uh, way better 12 hours in, man, that's that's blasphemy. Come on now. Well, I mean, I think I think okay. Let me rephrase that. Individual tracks on on two were were obviously way better than this because there were some moments in that game. I was like, oh, dude, that's fucking that's like hit you in the feels music right there. I think some of uh-huh. the score, like in the calmer moments, is better than the score in two. So let me. Rephrase oh that. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, one hundred percent there, dude. Dude, I could listen to that that flute music to go to sleep at night. Yes, like. It's so good. And then the other, the the first oh shit moment, I was like going into the game and I'm like, I don't know about this, guys. I don't I don't really know how I feel about this. And then the the moment comes and it's the introduction of Van Dam. I don't know how he fucking plays into this fucking game. I don't know <laughs> if it's a Van Dam from two or or if it's like a descendant or whatever the fuck. But he comes in. And this dude has screen time of all of, what, 10 minutes? Yeah, maybe. Maybe 10 minutes. He is so impactful in that 10 minutes in terms of developing and kind of furthering along those characters that I'm like, holy fucking shit, man. They did so so well with so little time with just one character. If you take out how Van Damme taught Rex how to topple, then... In 10 minutes versus 10 hours, this Van Dam taught the entire party everything that that Van Dam taught Rex. Exactly. Like, how? How do you write that? 
<laughs> dude, I have no idea, but they did they did fucking great on that. And then to tie it in with the uh, the introduction of the overarching villain Mobius, who I wasn't really fond of the voice acting for at first, but now that I've played, now that I've seen him a couple more times or a couple more times, another time since then, I kind of like that creepy kind of voice acting that they're kind of going for there. So I'm yeah, I'm on, I'm I'm good with it now. But that whole scene was was just fucking good. Every all six members coming together at once to take down Mobius. Oh, so good. So good. And then they interlink in the process. And then they don't talk about interlinking or show interlinking for another what eight hours? Four hours. Oh, yeah. Okay. Was it was it that? only four hours? We'll say six. How about six? Cut it in the middle. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, when are we gonna start fusing together, man? When where the fuck? And then Going back to the second moment, when it happens, it all happens, and just everybody in peak. Them. Yes, just peak. Ah, <laughs> uh, I can only get so erect. <laughs> I just finished. God, <laughs> I gotta reload. <laughs> I need a Red Bull and a nap. <laughs> so yeah, man, I'm I'm absolutely loving this game right now. I, I don't really see any complaints with it. Uh, there's nothing with it that I'm just absolutely disliking. Uh, like I said, the the characters I'm maybe not as high on as two as of right now, but I mean, shit, we had over 100 hours with those characters, so I'm kind of basing it off of that. So it time will tell. Yes, agreed. But do you have anything else you want to say about uh, Xenoblade 3, sir? Uh, no, man, just go buy it. Uh, other than that, yeah, nope. <laughs> it is... <laughs> It's not really even a game. It's an experience. Yes. Yes. I know that sounds cliche, but it, dude, it just, it's true. Like, oh man, I don't know. I'm t- 12 hours in and I'm, we're already this high on it, man. It's, it's, it's worth it guys. Trust yeah, me. If they continue just being the continue this shit like it is right now. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a very high score for me. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I did not think a game was going to come close to Elden Ring this year. Ooh, ugh. I don't want to compare it to Elden Ring. I mean, I give Elden Ring a 10 out of 10. And it's like probably like top five games for me all time. Uh huh. I don't want to give Xenoblade 3 that distinction just yet, considering I put over 120 hours into Elden Ring. But if we're looking at terms of like top 10 at the end of the year, ah, oh, dude, this is. This is definitely top five. This might be number two, number three by the end of the year. But you know what's crazy? You're you're having a speculative conversation about this game and Elden Ring 12 hours into it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's got to count for something, right? It does. Now, when I was when I was 30 hours into 12, no, 12, 15 hours into to Elden Ring, I was like, yeah, I'm having so much fucking fun with this. This is, I don't see how this is not going to be in my top 10 or top five all time. So, I mean, I was already kind of thinking that with that. But, okay, fair enough. But to to put it up there with Elden Ring so soon, to me, I, I didn't think a game would come close to Elden Ring this year. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. But we'll see, guys. We'll see. Well, sir, if you have nothing else you want to say about Xenoblade Chronicles 3, we will uh, we'll cut out here. All righty.
Well, guys, we appreciate y'all joining us. Like I said, we're not going to do a whole whole spiel this week, a weekly recommendation and whatnot. This actually ran a lot longer than I thought it was going to. We but, both knew it was going to happen. Yeah, we knew it was going to happen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we appreciate y'all joining us for this episode. Uh, let us know in our uh, on our Facebook or send me an email, twogamepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you've if you've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3, or you can go to patreon.com slash two game, join us at any of the tiers and get access to our Discord. And you can throw your Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I guess, playthrough uh impressions in the Discord, and we will I will talk about this fucking game all day long. Okay. All the live long day, man. So come join us at patreon.com slash two game. But we appreciate y'all joining us for this episode, and we will catch y'all next time on another one. Later. See you later, guys.